SAFM. Prime time all day long. You are listening to John Herica on SAFM. Now then, let's talk canoeing. And I'm uh, just reading a CV here. Bridget Hartley joins me now. Uh, 2012 Olympic Games, she won bronze there in the K1500, so I guess the 1500. The first person on the African continent to medal at the ICF Canoe Sprint World Championships. Congratulations on all of that, uh, Bridget. Uh, what's it like being stuck at home when you'd rather be out in a river with your canoe? <laughs> thank, you. thank you so much for having me on the show. I won't lie, um, it has been the biggest challenge in my life, <laughs> be stuck inside at home. Uh, luckily, I have a paddling ego, mm. um, which has been really cool. But staring at a wall and um, <laughs> not not actually being able to like get in a boat has been quite a tough thing. Okay, I just <laughs> want to put that in perspective, right? Winning a bronze medal in London, going to the Rio Olympic Games, first African person to win an ICF canoe sprint. But your biggest challenge in life has been stuck at home. <laughs> I hope that makes sense. Like, <laughs> no, it does. Oops, <laughs> this canoeing thing is easy. Exactly. Now that, <laughs> now that you think about it and you put it in that way, it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is, what is it, what, tell us the machine. What kind of machine are you using then to keep yourself busy? So, so it's called a paddling ergo. So like you go to the gym and you have a rowing ergo, we got a paddling one. Wow. So, so it's got like a like a stick as your paddling shaft and then you've got ropes that also have like a fan wheel in the front like mm. a throwing river so you can pretty much mimic the movement 100% okay. um, but it just doesn't feel the same and yeah it's, it's pretty it can get pretty boring just staring at the wall or like you can put a mirror in front of you to make sure your technique is fine more to like it's more to check your technique because uh. the Europeans do it in the off season they sit on the ergos and it's too cold so it is good training mm. um but it definitely feels nicer being out in nature and being on the water. And no, nobody's hooked them up to the internet yet, so you can have virtual races. No, so, so Ugo does actually have like a computer system, so you can you can actually look at like your frequency and the time and the, and the distance, and and you can actually compare with the little machine. Mm. But it's not as high tech as like cycling, where you can actually <laughs> you kind of like the scenery is there. Yeah, <laughs> you kind of. She's cycling and, and you can actually see the screen and you kind of you can feel like you a part of and like the atmosphere is, is, is real mm. <laughs> what's happening I know you're a sprint canoeist but surely somebody's taking a GoPro down the doozy and you can pretend you're doing the doozy oh yeah definitely but I mean it's not like the doozy is that appealing for me I've done <laughs> yeah. it a few times but it's not like the be all and end all of my life <laughs> it's it's prettier than a sprint course though surely oh yes it, it is pretty it's beautiful but it's, it's a completely different challenge mm. but i have to be honest that like flat water makes me more tick um the idea of trying to get your technique right and perfect mm. the race and you count your strokes and you plan it and sure. it, it really is like it's a different element of perfection uh, that you're trying to achieve. Okay, let's start at the beginning. It says here, Bridget, that you are the uh, South Africa's most decorated sprint canoeist. How did Bridget Ellen Hartley become a canoeist? <laughs> so, so I, I did it like a little bit of a roundabout way. I was never paddling in a guppy. I was never a paddler as a junior Um which is almost like you'd think it's bizarre for somebody to kind of get to an Olympic level when they've never actually been a paddler as a junior. But I've always been sporty, so I've always 
been an athlete and I started playing netball at grade one. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, and then after that, uh, I, I carried on to do athletics at junior school and hockey. And I surfed actually when I was about 13, I started surfing. My parents got separated and then I moved to Richard Bay and I started surfing. And then I actually thought that I was going to be a surfer on the world tour. Mm-hmm. And and then my dad wanted me to go back to Pretoria and finish high school and be a board at Pretoria Girls High. And I just started becoming better at surfing. And then I got taken back inland and <laughs> he had started paddling. So I started a little bit. And, but I, I, honestly, I didn't really enjoy it so much mm. um, because I'd go with my dad and my brother and they would be so much faster than me that I really, they'd just leave me and <laughs> I didn't enjoy it at all. So school sport was a lot more appealing. I'd rather do play hockey and take part in athletics and gymnastics at school and a little bit of water polo. And then when I started varsity at Tux, I still played hockey for varsity and then I started paddling slowly. And that was sort of when I met some guys when I was paddling around the little Tux school. And they said, Bridget, you must come with us to Benoni. There's a Hungarian coach that he can train you and you can get better. Mm. And I thought, oh, I'm just going to join them because it'll be cool just to learn and be around a group of paddlers that are, are good. And that was sort of, yeah, I just wanted to train and be a part of it to do rivers in South Africa. And that was the foot in the door. And eventually, this Hungarian coach, Nandor, took me to competing for South Africa in my first Olympics in 2008. (laughs) It it, it sounds, I mean, that's that's the Twitter version of it. That transition from from just paddling about to being competitive, how long did that take? Um, So I suppose I started at the end of high school. it probably took about five or six, maybe five years, I think, okay. um, to to kind of. Oh, actually, I lied. Maybe only four because I, I think I think I competed in my first river race in about two thousand and three. Yeah, so it was about five years, and then in two thousand and eight, I went to the Beijing Olympics. So, so roughly like five years. When we talk about sprints, and ex- explain it if you can, the difference between the doozy then and sprint and sprint canoeing that you do. So the doozy is almost like a like the comrade of athletics yes. track events because it's over three days. It's running and paddling. It's endurance one hundred percent. It doesn't matter if you can win the start of the doozy or not. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, if you can in, if you can win an end sprint, that counts. But at the end of the day, it's an endurance event of three days, 120 kilometers. And when you come, when it comes to training, you're training completely different muscle groups um, because you're trying to focus on the endurance part and sprinting, you're trying to get strength. So you're focusing okay. on, on like the gym and it's all explosive. So your start is critical because you, if you get left behind too much at the start, the chances of you making up at the end is very small. So, Okay, sprinting, and you're in a lane as well, so mm. it's kind of similar to swimming. So you're in a lane, like you're focusing on like going fast, going down the lane, but the start is as critical as the rest of the race, and it's all about perfection, trying to perfect every single stroke that you can do. Whereas on the doozy, you can make a mistake, you can take a swim, <laughs> someone else will make a mistake, and you can still catch back up, and you could run faster, then somebody they could paddle faster, and one day you winning, the next day they winning. Right. <laughs> okay, so that, uh, a simple comparison, and uh, is is the it's the marathon versus the hundred meter sprint. It's two very different yes. things. 
Yes, pretty much. Completely different muscle groups, energy systems and training. How long would it take you, or how long did it take you to, to win a bronze medal in the Olympic Games? The 1500? Well, so it's 500 meters. It's K1. Oh, it's K1 500. Sorry. Yeah. 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 So K1 means Kyle 1. Sorry. It's just the way it's written. And yeah. then the distance is, is 500 meters. And yeah, I suppose I represented South Africa for the first time in 2005. And 2012 was when I got my bronze medal. So from racing there we go. in South Africa. Seven years. Yeah. Seven years. Yes. <laughs> Easy. How long does it take <laughs> you to do 500 meters? Yeah, well, a good time is the one one minute fifty or less, one forty eight, one forty seven, sort of. But in the water was a bit colder in London, so our time was about a minute fifty, one fifty one. Why does cold water matter? So co- colder water, you paddle a bit like slower on it. It's, it's the density of it, and also really? depth. Yeah, so the depth of the water makes you go slower, and the density <laughs> of it as well. So if you're paddling in warmer water. Often the times are faster. Obviously, the wind plays a part, but yes. when you race in London, it didn't so much. But the temperature of the water, if you have to look at courses where there's been probably the fastest times, yeah. it's always summer when we race in Europe, but the courses where the times have been the fastest, sometimes the tailwind affects it, but often it's been where there's warmer water. And you're saying the depth of the water affects the speed as well? Yes, the depth for sure. That makes no and sense. So, so I knew it also from surfing. So if you you're paddling out and you're trying to duck dive under some waves and you're trying to get out back line and then all of a sudden you feel like you're really struggling, you talk about paddling over a sandbank because the sandbank is then shallower than elsewhere yeah. and it's harder to like paddle out the back line if you have a sandbank and on normal water it's exactly the same. So if you're paddling on a dam and it's deep, yeah. it feels a lot easier than if you're paddling somewhere with shallow. I I find that hard to believe, and I'm going to go do some research. I find that amazing. <laughs> Obviously, you're 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 the experts, so you must be right. But I want to find yeah. out. I want to find out why. Okay. <laughs> do some research. Yeah, I'm gonna. <laughs> okay, let's let's talk about the career. Um, All Africa Games are yours. You you you've kind of owned that. Three goals in Maputo, two in Rabat. Uh, you love that. Is is that lack of competition, or do you just excel there? What's the reason? Well. So I wouldn't like to put it as lack of competition because I think that the so the African countries have definitely improved and the amount of countries that have been competing over the years is it's almost doubled or tripled. It's been, it's incredible from going to my first African games or African champs before it was a part of the game. It really was that South Africa was dominating. Um, but now there's a guy from Tunisia who is really good and he's been to Olympics level as well and beaten South African like male sprinters and the level really has risen but in the female side it hasn't so because I've been on top of my game for a longer time I would then say that I'm still stronger than all the African um, girls but the encouraging thing is that when we competed in Rabat like we've never had K4 events which is then four people in one boat and we had I think four or five boats on the start line, which sure. meant that right. the, like the the growth in the continent was incredible. It was Excellent. so nice to see. Were you planning on the Olympic Games this year? Yes. So I definitely was, but I haven't got the qualifying spot just yet. We had 
we had qualified through the African Games, but then we hadn't got the position that Sask desired at World Champs, so they decided that they weren't going to accept our spot. Mm. So they denied us that went to another Afri- African country, and there would have been a, a re-qualifier in May now during the whole lockdown period, and that would have been like the yes or no kind of factor as to whether I was going to the Tokyo Olympics or not. Right. Okay, so you were, were you ready to go, as it were? Well, I mean, it's hard to say you were ready because this whole thing happened in March and the race would have been in May. So yeah. my mind was ready and my training was on track, I think. But there was a lot to do before then. <laughs> so, so now with it being pushed back, do you know your diary? No, <laughs> <laughs> I don't at all. Because you're still you're still in like no man's zone. That. Mm. Like, you haven't qualified yet, and to now qualify, it's again in May next year. And so it's this unknown zone that you've got a new season and train to do it. But there's no funding at all mm. to be an athlete at that level anymore in South Africa. There never was, but I was just going to try to push it. Mm. Try and just, it wasn't far from me. It, was, it wasn't out of reach now this year. To kind of focus for such a long time, I'm finding that to be a little bit of sure. a challenge in ha- like the financial brain. <laughs> have you been? Have you got the government support? Have you got sponsors' support? How are you getting through these times when you're not winning anything? Um, yeah, so it, it was pretty tough in the beginning. That it was a big realization that I had like a small sponsor that I knew would eventually dwindle out, and not having any competition that you could kind of win prize money with was going to be a bit of a challenge, but. I think I was going to just kind of stick it out because I was just wanting to go to another Olympics and compete and see if I could get a good result. So I wasn't so sure. Um, and with everything happening now, I've actually found myself a job. So, oh, wow. Yeah, so I'm actually working. I'm doing online coaching with a platform um, called Jet Together. Um, I don't know if you've heard of it. They have an incredible following now. We spoke of, about that, yeah, a of, couple of weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah of live um, workouts and almost changing people's lives. Yeah, it's, it, was a everyone, new, it was a new app when we spoke about it. So is it going well? Yes, it's, I'm loving it. It's really incredible because I can still train, but I'm not training for anything in particular right mm. now. I'm just training to train because there's no races coming up. And um, I can actually apply the knowledge that I've learned through my whole career to help other people. Uh, Bridget Hartley, you, you stand the chance of going to a fourth Olympic game. Surely that alone is a driver? Oh, you know what, it definitely is, but I'm also questioning the fact that, like, if you don't have funding, I know I can train at that level. I know that I can push my body, and I love the training, and I can do it, Mm. but if nobody, there's going to be no funding, and I'm going to spend my own money, is it really going to be worth it? Mm. (laughs) And I think this whole lockdown and stuff has made me question the reality of, is it worth it? I would love to, and I know I can, but how is it going to impact my life in the future? Am I then going to become a a broke athlete (laughs) if I go to the 2021 Olympics and or I could step back into the job I have? But to train at that level, you can't work full-time like I've decided to do now. Mm. It's not possible. You have to train three times a day. (laughs) But the reality is you have to travel and train overseas with that level because that's what I did before London when I got up around, you know, like I trained overseas at that level with other athletes at that level, and that's what got me the results. Mm. So it's a, 
it's a tough one. <laughs> that's that's the saddest thing I've heard. When you when you hear athletes say, oh, "I want to go to the, the the Olympic Games," it's my goal, but then you suddenly realise life gets in the way, and and unless you're a, a sevens rugby player or, or one of the top athletes in the world, you got to pay your own you got to pay your own way to get there. And sometimes, you know, yeah, you, that that decision making is the first time I've heard an athlete say that, and it's an interesting view. Well, I think it obviously is because of the lockdown now. Like, it was a no-brainer that I was going to go for it this year. But I've had to now put myself on the fence of either going one way or the other. And yeah. I don't have to make a decision now because if you have to train for a full season, you would start in like October, November of the year before. So for me now, as long as I'm training and I'm doing something and I'm keeping fit, I'm, mm. still, I'm still fine. Um, it would only be towards the end of this year that I really need to make a bit of a decision and at least, and then I would have to early next year kind of say yay or nay. <laughs> so it's not a decision I've had to make or have to. Mm. I'm just putting it all in perspective that yeah. that there is some reality involved and I know I can do it and I can get to that level but I know what I've done before to get there so I know what has to be done and what is needed and financially there's quite a lot that's needed <laughs> yeah you're, you're the second person we've spoken today saying that lockdowns put things into perspective and it's made people look at life differently and i think a lot of us are experiencing that in any job right you suddenly i don't i don't have to go into the studio every day to be able to do my job uh, i can mm. do it from home but you have to travel the world you have to spend the money the money's not coming in and you suddenly realize that things are changing or things have changed Mm, yeah, exactly. So it's a it's a crazy town that we all that we all living in. <laughs> Bridget, it's been an honour to speak to you. Thanks very much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Bridget Hartley, 2012 Olympic medalist, South Africa's most decorated sprint canoeist, joining us here on Sport Tracks.